Coming up on this week's episode, we have an update on all things regarding the Queen. We also have new information about the Platinum Jubilee, the Earl and Countess of Wessex on their Caribbean tour, and we give you a right royal roundup. So stay tuned for this week's episode. A grand fanfare welcome to our podcast, Keeping Up With The Windsors dedicated to the royal family each episode will be crowned to the rafters with opinions news and commentary on the comings and goings of the family of windsor with your hosts and royal fangirls rachel andrews and michelle thole so grab yourself a cuppa straighten up your tiara shine your knighthood round up your corgis and let's keep up with the windsors hello and welcome to this week's episode of keeping up the windsors i'm rachel And I'm Michelle. Hello, everyone. We just want to start by saying a massive thank you to everyone that has emailed us or uh, messaged us over on our Instagram over our last episode, which was Harry's secret visit with the Queen. Michelle, we've had some um, comments and a half, haven't we? (laughs) OMG, it's been incredible to hear your feedback and your opinions on Harry and also everything else that we mentioned last week. It was a real bumper packed episode, wasn't it, Rach? Yeah, it really was. Yeah, as we've said before, Harry is very polarizing. Very polarizing. And I think we've um we definitely got that from the comments that we received as well. <laughs> we did, we did. And I always find it hard because when we give our opinions, we're we're like kind of like just stating our case on the top of the mountain and then all of a sudden we have oh I think I like what Rachel said here or I like what Michelle said here to be honest most people said they like what you said Rachel (laughs) the points that Rachel brought up in last week's episode a lot of you out there listening from the royal community actually agree with Rachel Um, and it's, it's quite interesting to see as we move forward whether the the Duke and Duchess of Sussex is going to be on that balcony yeah so we've only got five weeks until we find out Shell five weeks Rachel and I would love to extend our massive gratitude to everybody who's gone over to Kofi and supported the podcast. We have reached our goal for our podcast hosting site and we've now set another goal. So if you'd love to support us, please head on over to Kofi, K-O-F-I. You can buy Rachel and I a coffee, which supports the podcast. It's four pounds or six bucks. And we would love to extend our thank you to Amsikur, Crystal, Patricia, Charlotte, Caroline, Nicola, and Charlotte. And we gave a massive shout out to our first batch of Kofi uh, supporters a couple of weeks ago. And we are so grateful for you. So thank you. Just to do a little plug, we went to Fortnum and Mason, didn't we, Rachel, last week? Oh, it was glorious. <laughs> yes, we did. Now, let me tell you something. Rachel loves shopping. She loves it. And you, the best thing to do is go to a, a, to a shop. But the best, even better than that, is to go to a shop that the Queen shops in, <laughs> which is Fortnum and Mason. So they have a special Platinum Jubilee collection that they've launched. And to tell you the truth, me and Michelle wanted absolutely one of everything, didn't we? That collection. I was blown away. It was was absolutely, it was so beautiful. There's some lovely keepsakes. um, But I think the one thing that we were most um, wowed by biscuits (laughs) there's iced biscuits and they're so like they're intricate aren't they yeah they're intricate the piping is amazing um and just well 
instead of us talking about it more, we've actually got a YouTube video. We did a vlog of our trip to Fortnum and Mason. It's over on YouTube. Just type in Keeping Up the Windsors or there'll be a link in the show notes of the podcast. Remember, any charities, patronages, links that we talk about during the podcast will always be in the show notes for you as well. But again, we're not sponsored. We're not sponsored by Fortnum and Mason. We're just saying it out of the love of our hearts for being royal fans. And if you are worldwide and you'd love to get on board with buying some memorabilia of the Platinum Jubilee, and this is a limited edition, isn't it, from their collection? Yeah. You can buy this worldwide um, on their website. That's right, isn't it, Rach? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. Amazing. So head on over to YouTube, watch our vlog, and let us know in the comments what you think as well of the collection. Okay, Royal Community, we are not going to do a royal news section this week. We're just going to do massive royal roundups because Rach, there's been so much going on and we've got a bumper packed episode just with the royal roundup let's start with my favorite show go on the queen Yay! the queen go girl so her majesty celebrated her 96th birthday last week 96 can you imagine being 96 96 how incredible is that what that woman's seen in her lifetime wow i know and we were treated to a glorious new photo which was taken at windsor castle last month of her majesty with her two fell ponies Bybeck katie and Bybeck nightingale and what i loved about this was the combination of the white ponies, the flowers and the queen's white hair, it just looked so majestic and she looked so beautiful, that smile on her face. And honestly, Cher, I think I said to you, this is one of the best photos I've seen of the queen in her later years in life. Yeah, you really enjoyed this picture, didn't you? Oh, I loved it. And I think because it was unexpected, we wasn't we wasn't really expecting anything because sometimes they'll just put like a story up or a post and it will be an old photo. But the fact that we actually got a brand new photo... Yeah. I loved it. I tell you what I thought when I saw it. Firstly, I agree with you. It was a wonderful picture. Uh, secondly, the horses are just incredible. So majestic. Um, but thirdly, we've heard so much about the Queen's mobility issues. And there she is standing proud next to two majestic ponies. And it was just lovely to see her in a quote unquote fully healthy vibe within the photo because we've seen her so much with a walking stick or you know there's been mobility where she's had to have somebody escort her into different places and I'm sure that the ponies were kind of holding her up a little bit but I actually loved it I thought it was brilliant and like you said it was a lovely surprise to get a picture on the Queen's 96th birthday so keeping with the theme of horses right the Queen is to have a grandstand at Epsom so that's going to be named after her Epsom is the race course and a grandstand obviously is the uh just <laughs> what's the word I'm going to use just a very um where everyone stands to watch the races <laughs> yeah it's it's so uh, it, it's, it's so unroyal isn't it it's just a grandstand <laughs> a grandstand where people just sit <laughs> but it's going to be called Queen Elizabeth II isn't it yeah so it's it's currently named the Queen Stand and it was actually opened by Her Majesty in 1992 but after the Jubilee, it will be known as the Queen Elizabeth II stand. During the Platinum Jubilee celebrations, we're going to have a Derby Day at Epsom and the Queen will be met by a line of 40 past and present jockeys wearing Jubilee colours, well, that's purple and gold, uh, to honour her extraordinary contribution to racing. She's going to have three of her own horses in that Derby race and one's called Educator, the other's General Idea and the other's Reach for the Moon. Yeah, and wouldn't it be just amazing if one of Her Majesty's horses won? Like, that would be such a 
great touch for the Jubilee, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's going to be brilliant. It's going to be a brilliant day. And again, I'm going to just say it. I think this may possibly be one of the Queen's favourite days out of the Platinum Jubilee because she loves horses so much. And racing is just so a part of who she is and her personality, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think this is the one she's probably most looking forward to. Absolutely. Yeah. So do you know what, Rachel? Why don't we stick to the Jubilee updates? Because we've had a lot this week, haven't we? So much come out this week. So much. Are you excited? Oh, it's getting closer. <laughs> I know. I know it's getting closer. Okay, so we're going to start with the Queen's Green Canopy. Now, this is an initiative to plant as many trees around the world as possible. And uh, the Queen's Green Canopy has announced what they're calling the Tree of Trees. And it will be a 21-metre sculpture featuring 350 British native trees and that will stand outside Buckingham Palace. Um, the sculpture is going to be made of reclaimed steel uh, with materials sourced from local suppliers up and down the country. God, this is going to be massive. Um, and after the Jubilee weekend's over, the trees will be gifted to community groups and organisations. Now, Rach, we posted this on our stories, didn't we, over on Instagram? And I messaged you really, really quickly, didn't I? Yeah. And what did I say? <laughs> yeah, because you were like, well, I hope this doesn't obstruct our view of the balcony. <laughs> I mean, I need to see the balcony. I need to see the Queen. I know, exactly. It's really random because Royal Community, if you've ever been to Buckingham Palace, you know um, just outside Buckingham Palace is the Queen Victoria Memorial, which is massive. So from the illustration that they showed, it wasn't really clear of whether this is going to be in front of the Victoria Memorial or behind it. And either way, like, as we know, we've got on the Saturday party at the palace. So I don't know if this is going to go up before or after the Jubilee. Mm. Um, I'm hoping for our sakes. It's <laughs> Could you imagine us because... turning up at five in the morning and all of a sudden we've got a big tree in front of us? Yeah. <laughs> we just start Cut it down, cut it down. <laughs> but I will say this, when I was um, reading about this, I was like, man, this is going to be the biggest tree believe we've ever seen in our life. <laughs> Honestly, Royal Community, you have to follow us over on Instagram as well because during the Jubilee celebrations, we will be going live on Instagram and we'll be giving you updates. So we will show you how big this tree is. And guess what? We will do a live Jubilee. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we're moving on from the Queen's Green Canopy. We're talking cooking. What's happening, Rach? Oh, so we've got the Platinum Jubilee Cookbook. So 70 British embassies and high commissions have come together from around the world to provide recipes, some of which have been served on royal tours. And some of these will be British and inspired by the embassy host country or a fusion of the two. And what's um, really interesting about this is Prince Charles and the Duchess of Cornwall have written a joint forward um, saying, we only hope that this book provides you with both pleasure and inspiration. And you can actually head on over um, to their socials because they've they've written the whole forward and it's a few paragraphs long. But um, I'm sorry, Shell, but do we actually truly believe that Prince Charles <laughs> has ever cooked a meal in his whole entire life? Well, I know for a fact, I know for a fact that he watched Prince George stab some Christmas pudding. <laughs> <laughs> way back when a couple of years ago but I mean maybe looking isn't actually cooking now I know the royal family is known for their famous barbecue you know we had Prince Philip on the barbecue <laughs> yes, <laughs> so maybe yeah. every year's child's been at high grove or something you know putting a sausage on the barbie <laughs> you never know you 
never know. Oh, so funny. I can't exactly see him, you know, making his own Yorkshire pudding or roast dinner. Can you? Oh, I could murder a uh, Yorkshire pudding right now. I have one every Sunday. Oh, goodness me. (laughs) Okay. All right. Royal Community is the news you've all been waiting for. We have had, well, maybe me. I've been waiting for this forever. Um, We've had more news on what's going to happen for the Jubilee pageant. Yes. Jubilee pageant. Honestly, Shell, when I read this, I... Not that I wasn't looking forward to this, but this wasn't one that I was like, my favourite thing I think is going to be Troop in the Colour. And then I started reading this and I was like, this sounds absolutely amazing what they're going to be doing. So take it away, Cher, what's happening? Well, I want to just prefix this with... um we did a YouTube video about what our favourite, what we're looking forward to with the Jubilee. And mine, I've always said the pageant, haven't I? And you've been like, oh, no, mm-hmm. no, no. Yeah. So, um, yes, I'm so glad there's more information come out because this pageant is going to be in four acts. So let's go through the acts then. Act one is called For Queen and Country, and it's going to feature a military parade um, with UK armed forces and military personnel from across the Commonwealth. We then move into Act two, which is called the time of our lives Ooh, sounds very dirty dancing I know. <laughs> we'll have to, um, who's gonna lift who up right <laughs> um and then we, um, that's gonna have a cast of uh 2500 volunteers and members of the public uh, celebrating how british creativity and culture has evolved through seven decades of the queen's reign will feature 150 national treasures these include people from tv musicians chefs sports people, designers and artists who have shaped British culture over the last 70 years. And I'm not sure whether national treasures is a British thing. Is that a British saying or is that a thing people would know outside? Oh, I don't know. Okay, so I'll explain it just in case you don't know. A national treasure is like a person or, yeah, a person who is revered by most of the public within (laughs) a culture or or a or you know, within Britain. But shall you say this, you say this and you will laugh when you hear some of who they're considering national treasures because some of these made me laugh my head off. <laughs> right. Please say it's Fiona Bruce. <laughs> Gary Lineker, who is, um, he's an ex-football player and he now um, presents football on the BBC. He's also on every Walker's Crisp advert you've ever seen in your life. <laughs> We've got Torval and Dean, who are British ice skaters who won the Olympics back in the 80s. Basil Brush. <laughs> yes, Basil Brush. Woo! Yes. And we said it before, Shell. We said this ages ago. So for the community, if you've been listening for a while, you will know that we have said at some point, who's going to pop up? Tom Sir Jones. Cliff Richards. Oh, Cliff Richards. Sir Cliff Richards. <laughs> That's who. <laughs> Sir Cliff's going to be there. <laughs> we did guess a few, didn't we? Sir Cliff. We, we guessed yeah. um, Tom Jones. We guessed Elton John at some point. Like there's certain people, yeah. Bodge Stewart, there's got to be someone from Queen, you know, those types of things. Yeah. Um, <laughs> It's going to be exciting, though. This does sound great. We've still got two more acts to tell you about, Royal Community. Act three is Let's Celebrate. And we'll have 12 chapters, which tells the story of the Queen's reign and personal interests. So this act will also show her wedding and coronation and demonstrates her love for nature and her faithful service. I mean, come on, this sounds amazing. 
I'm really intrigued to see how this plays out. Like, I don't understand. Are we going to have like someone dressed up as the queen in a wedding dress <laughs> walking down the mall? <laughs> well, let me tell you something. When I read this, it made me feel like, and I, I actually think I mentioned this in the YouTube video. It made me feel like I did with the Olympics. Like, how are they going to do this? How is it all going to come together? Well, I cried so much watching the um, opening ceremony of the, the London Olympics. I thought it was absolutely incredible. And I think this is going to be the same. But guess what? I'm going to be watching it with my own eyes on the mile. And I'm so excited. But let's tell you about Act 4. Act 4 is called Happy and Glorious. And it's a big party led by Ed Sheeran. I was trying to think of Ed Sheeran something. <laughs> She's thinking out loud, Royal Community. <laughs> that's, that's one of the songs, isn't it? <laughs> it's as if I planned it, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm in love with the shape of you. <laughs> okay, so that that what what's your your initial thoughts then, Rach? Yeah, I'm just I'm just so I'm just so excited. Like it sounds incredible, and like you said, I just can't wait to be there in person to soak up the atmosphere, but then watch it when I get home as well because there'll be so much that we would have missed. Yeah, especially the commentary and stuff because the BBC commentary I find personally myself really informative. Like they know all the military regiments, they speak to the producers and the creators um and so i'm looking forward to getting the depth of it but firstly we have to experience it in person and bring you along for the ride we've got so much more news world community your best press pause grab a drink and come back because or get a toilet break or something because it's all going on this week <laughs> okay what's next so to commemorate the platinum jubilee barbie yes world community you heard <laughs> that right barbie has released a limited edition doll of the queen the tiara that she's wearing is based on Queen Mary's fringe tiara and the little medallions are of the royal family order and the packaging inspired by Buckingham Palace. Now, I really want this doll, but a lot of people, including you, Shell, were saying, yeah. this one looks more like Helen Mirren than it does the Queen. <laughs> I'm judging you for wanting this. This is just a piece of plastic that is so unnecessary, in my opinion. Think of the landfill, Rach. Think of the landfill. That's what I say. It's, it's, it's a collector's edition. Like, I don't buy I things don't like care. this. Like, I don't have, like, collector's Barbies, but I just really want this because it's the queen. Like, And also, like, my other royal obsession, should I say, is Marie Antoinette, who was the last queen of France. And her Barbie doll is one of the most expensive that you can buy. It's over, I think it's over, like, 500 or pounds, and it's very hard to come by. And I think this is what it's going to be with this doll the fact that they're not even selling it online here in the UK, you can only get it in certain stores. And I think it's about £95. And I had a look the other day, the day after it released, and people were already selling it on eBay for over £350. Oh, I hate resellers. If you're going to buy it, just buy it. I know, it's just, it's a joke because people, you know, who actually mm. want it and to keep it as a keepsake can't get their hands in it because of these resellers. It's ridiculous. I'm not going to buy the Barbie Royal Community. And it feels weird to me that there's a Barbie. It feels weird to me that there's a Barbie that represents the Queen. And um, I don't know, it feels icky to me. <laughs> <laughs> Just being really overdramatic. It feels icky to have a Barbie <laughs> of the Queen. I mean, did she have to 
give permission for this to be like is this is this a piece of official merchandise that's what i want to know yeah but nothing is unless it comes from the royal collection itself nothing's official merchandise is it Mm. like even fortnum's that's not official merchandise i would much prefer to buy the merchandise from the royal collection because it is a charity yeah that's true yeah Right, let's move on. Because uh, we'll be here all day talking about uh, me and my uh, my shopping habits. Right, Prince Louis, guess what? He celebrated his fourth birthday. Happy birthday! Happy birthday! We did a kind of like a real quick happy birthday last week. And we knew actually that there may potentially be released photos. But we had to just get the episode out, didn't we, Rach, last week? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. He turned four and we had four photos. And obviously they're taken by the Duchess of Cambridge, beautiful beautiful photographs of prince louis so cute and he just looked so playful didn't he these are actually taken in norfolk earlier this month um i think probably on their easter break he definitely has the middleton gene doesn't he he does yeah he does he looks so much like mike middleton it's unbelievable mm. do you know what though a lot of people on twitter rage uh, disagree with you because they put side by sides oh. of, of William when he was four and I was just like I don't see it I just don't see it no but then remember what I said about who was it George he doesn't look like William mm. and all of a sudden I was yeah. like oh my goodness he looks so much like William yeah so but that's children they constantly change don't they as they grow so um yeah it was just lovely to see him William Catherine visited the deck appeal which is the disasters emergency committee to learn how it's helping people in the Ukraine and in seven weeks people in the UK have raised over 300 million pounds wow wow yes wow they spoke to three aid workers on a video call who were actually in the ukraine at the time and also to those who have just returned and we only saw them a couple of weeks ago didn't we at the deck appeal so yeah. i think this is um, a charity that they're really keeping an eye on and seeing what's mm-hmm. happening and how in any way they can help also isn't the deck appeal the appeal that Her Majesty gave a donation to and they mentioned it on uh, their social media and that's how we found out. Yes, that is correct, yeah. Yeah, so um, yeah, it's, it's, it's completely supported by the royal family. We're moving on to Anzac Day. Now, I remember last year, Rachel, when we did Anzac Day, and we were talking about Anzac biscuits, weren't we? Yeah, we still yeah. haven't tried in Royal Community. So I know. where can we get them in the UK? Let us know. <laughs> Tell you what, we might have to just make them. We just have, they they sound delicious. Rolled oats, desiccated uh, coconut. There's all sorts of it. Just it sounds delicious. Um, but let's move back to Anzac Day because it commemorates people who have lost their lives in conflict, and it's specifically for Australian and New Zealand Army Corps. The Duke of Gloucester laid a wreath at the dawn service at High Park Corner, and then we later saw the Duke of Cambridge at the Cenotaph. Um, And then after that, we saw William and Catherine at the service at Westminster Abbey, and actually it was only announced, wasn't it, on the day that Catherine would be attending? Yeah, because we'd had the press release the week before to say that the Duke of Gloucester and the Duke of Cambridge would be attending certain events but yeah this was unannounced and um really nice to see Catherine of course everyone just goes on about her fashion all the time I mean come on it's a remembrance service give it a break for a day please you know what I mean it's like oh Oh, gosh Um, if you want to know more about Anzac Day then we go into depth about it in our Anzac episode last year so I will put a link in the show notes if you do want to um 
go to that episode and listen to it after this. Um, yeah, and then afterwards, in in that evening, Rach, William attended the London Air Ambulance Charity Gala. Now, William is actually a patron and obviously, as we know, a former Air Ambulance pilot. And he spoke about meeting a young man who was 11 and was knocked off his scooter and suffered a serious brain injury and how the Air Ambulance arrived to save his life. What I um, loved about, he did a speech, didn't he? He said, that's what struck me when working as an air ambulance pilot, how serious injury does not discriminate. It can like literally happen to anybody at any time. Anytime, any place. Yeah. And it's life changing, isn't it? Yeah. You just don't know. Like if those air ambulance pilots hadn't got to that 11 year old in time, then he could be leading a completely different life right now. Absolutely. William also stated that the fleet of air ambulances needed to be replaced by 2024. And what was incredible is the gala raised £944,000. That's nearly a million pounds in a night. That is amazing. Now, shall we had a very rare joint engagement by one of your favourites, the Princess Royal and the Duchess of Cambridge. Yay! <laughs> Go on, girl! Where they visited together a women's healthcare organisations. Anne is patron of the Royal College of Midwives and has been for over 20 years. Of course she has. It's Anne, of course yeah, she has. It's Anne. Yes. And Catherine is patron of the Royal College of Obstetricians and Gynecologists. They were visiting representatives from different organisations learning about high-risk pregnancies and they also met avoiding brain injury in childbirth whose work covers monitoring and responding to a baby's well-being in labour. Now as we hit record on the podcast this was just happening but I did find out that they unveiled a plaque together. Plaque attack! Amazing. So it was really nice to see them together. And what I um, really liked is obviously Catherine, she's learned from, you know, the Duke of Edinburgh, how to stay one place behind. Yeah. Technically, in order of rank, the Princess Royal is higher than what the Duchess of Cambridge is. So when they got out of the car... Catherine mm. actually made sure that she held back until Anne went in front of her. It's it's interesting these these royal protocols. I mean, we're we've been following the royals now for a while, so we're so used to it. But actually, when we see it out of order, when you know certain members of the family kind of di- are disjointed in these in these types of engagements, it's wonderful to see that change. It was again the same instance, shall we say, when Catherine met uh, the Queen of Denmark and the Princess of Denmark a couple of weeks ago. We had that conversation didn't we Rachel like who who steps forward first obviously is the queen but it's so interesting to see her take a back seat when she's so used to being front and center with William so um what I liked was seeing the like the amalgamation of traditional monarchy with the modern monarchy and that's what I liked about seeing Anne and Catherine together yeah because it's totally different in this day and age isn't it it is like it's, it's not like it was back in you know when Anne was say Catherine's age mm. it, she would have had like a completely different role and she would have actually been one of the more senior royals at the time do you think the princess royal would have had a youtube channel <laughs> no she likes her <laughs> privacy too much yeah she does she does like her privacy too much do you know what made me laugh um I don't know if you saw it but there was a video and Anne left um the midwives in stitches because she was saying about how one of her babies had become wedged when they were talking about well Anne was saying yeah this. yeah when they were talking about they had like a cesarean doll model whatever you want to call it 
yeah and they were saying oh the midwife was like well if I put my hand in this way and if I can't put it in any further and Anne made this face and she was like oh well one of my babies uh came out wedged and um yeah that happened when apparently she tripped over a horse lorry when she was heavily pregnant she didn't say which baby so we don't know whether it was Zara or, or um Peter <laughs> yeah and then she um she said oh I thought that's a bit interesting when it happened baby ended up the right way up so uh thank goodness for that <laughs> I mean, that's that's the beauty, isn't it, with royal engagements? You never know what's going to happen. You never know how far a midwife's going to have their hand up a uh, <laughs> a fake scenario. <laughs> what I loved about this engagement, actually, is all of the people they met were in really high spirits and really fun to talk to, and that um, allowed the dynamic between uh, Catherine and Anne because they do have very different communication styles as well don't they Catherine's very bubbly and chatty and I think Anne's very um stoic a bit more serious she is, is yeah. no nonsense is definitely her approach she's the uh, Prince Philip <laughs> <laughs> she is yeah she is actually question for you Rach do you think they get on do you think Anne and Catherine get on yeah, I do. I think you saw that through um, the videos and the photos that we've seen. Um, I don't think, obviously, they see each other all the time. I don't think it's, they're like any mm. family, really, aren't they? They probably get to see each other at the big occasions. Um, but yeah, I don't think there's any, you know, at, at the end of the day, Catherine, she's the future of the monarchy as such, isn't she? And I think a lot of the older members of the royal family recognise that. And, you know, her and William, they're you know, our future king and queen when the time comes. So I had a thought this week, Rach, and maybe we can extend this out to the royal community because I had a thought about Sir Tim Lawrence, who is the Princess Royal's husband. Now, we always see the husband and wife duos together and he only really comes to certain events. And I wonder whether that is something because Anne is very private about her family. Do you think it was Anne's decision not to bring him in and have the you know to be like a working member of the royal family so to speak because she does a lot of single engagements don't she yeah I think you know he's had a very successful career himself and it just wouldn't make sense at this point because it was a second marriage for Anne she'd already had Zara and Peter at that point and so I think you know even when she did engagements with her first husband Mark Phillips it wasn't as much as what we would see I don't know William Catherine we've also had Princess Beatrice someone that we don't really speak too much about on the podcast because as we know she's not a working royal she was joined by her husband Edo in Stockholm where they met with Prince Carl Philip and Princess Sophia of Sweden to discuss dyslexia and Beatrice was actually diagnosed with dyslexia when she was a child and she joined others at the first World Dyslexia Assembly which is in partnership with the Prince Couples Foundation and aims to create change in how the world perceives, defines and supports dyslexia. I just love this. I, I love that she's an advocate for dyslexia because yes, to be diagnosed with something is one thing, but actually to advocate and to create awareness is another thing. And I just love that she's using her platform for this. It's brilliant. Plus, we get to see the Swedish royal family. You know, we're getting we're getting to grips with some of the other royals now, aren't we, Rach? Yeah, and I always think, you know, Princess Beatrice, she's grown up around, you know, castles and yeah. palaces. If I was her, I'd be like, right, I want to nosy around your palace now. <laughs> what have you got going on? <laughs> Gold-plated toilet roll holders. Let's do this. <laughs> Amazing stuff. Amazing. Well, um, 
Well, I've got some lovely news to tell you about Camilla. We saw Camilla visit the National Theatre, which is a very recent patronage for her. And she learned about the Public Acts Initiative and met people involved in the programme. And she watched rehearsals taking place and met puppeteers. They were like showing her puppets and things like that. And also she looked at um, upcoming set designs. But do you know what, Rach? A couple of weeks back, I think it was episode 57, when Charles and Camilla went to Ireland, they went to the Waterford Crystal Factory. Yeah. And we we saw, yeah, we saw Charles and Camilla throw in the discarded crystal in this big, massive, uh, what was it, like a smashing machine or something, wasn't it? Yeah, I think so, yeah. But we actually saw Camilla, she got to smash something else. She threw some stage plates on the floor. <laughs> she just went for it. She was like, <laughs> what? So it was brilliant. So I think she might have taken her, you know, Waterford experience and really just channeled the stage plates. Well, you know, just went for it. Just do-do-do. It's amazing. I loved it so much. And then also we saw Charles at the Royal College of Art. Now he was there presenting awards for the sustainable design competition. And uh, the students had to come up with designs that were aimed to tackle environmental damage taking place on the planet and Charles said they were super proud to be well he didn't say super but he said he was proud to be there and to have the royal name as part of the college so yeah I wanted to do a little bit of an MVP mention for the Duchess of Gloucester because we saw her this week didn't we in Brington primary school in Cambridgeshire and she was there to mark the 50th anniversary of the school being opened by the Duke of Gloucester's mother, Princess Alice, in 1970. And the reason I bring this up is because if you go onto the royal family socials, like their Instagram or Twitter, if you just flick through, you'll be able to see Princess Alice in 1970. And the Duke of Gloucester looks so much <laughs> like Princess Alice. I was like, whoa, the, like, the resemblance is uncanny. Oh, that's really nice. And Princess Alice has one of my favourite royal wedding dress looks of Ooh, all time all time of all time if you go if you go and look it's quite hard to find pictures but she has not a white wedding dress shell a blush pink wedding dress oh do you know what how ahead of the time was she that's how ahead amazing. of the time and it was actually designed by royal family's favorite norman Hartnell. Oh, come on class class amazing stuff well, we're moving on to our last part of the episode, and it's going to be about the Earl and Countess of Wessex in Caribbean. So, Rach, kick us off. What's happening? Oh, Shell. It's, it's like William and Catherine 2.0 <laughs> with all the controversy. We knew it was coming. We knew it was coming. So it was announced just before they left the UK that they would no longer be visiting Grenada following advice from the government of Grenada as there's been loads of protests and uproar about their visit. Yeah. Um, as we know, William and Catherine's tour didn't exactly go to plan. And when they were in St Lucia, Sophie and Edward came under criticism with Sam Flood, who hosts a radio show called Tell It Like It Is. And he basically went off on a tyrant, not in an angry way, but he was, you know, he did make some valid points. Mm. And he said, um, who paid for the drinks and food that was being consumed at the governor's house because they went to a reception? Did the royal family sponsor it or did our government? And then he went on to question, what is the purpose of this trip to St. Lucia? How are St. Lucia benefiting from this trip? What have we done to deserve this trip? Who are these royals and what is their significance? And then get this, he went on to say. <laughs> Go on, what? 
it is not like they are quite high up in the royal family. Who are they and what will they bring to the island that will benefit us as people? Oh, Rach, I know I know this is like really off tangent, but you know when he was like, who are they? It just reminds me of Nikki Graham. <laughs> who is she? Yeah. Who is she? <laughs> oh, goodness me. Wow. Royal wow. community, she was a um, reality star. Reality, yeah, she <laughs> reality got, TV star. Yeah, uh, she was on Big Brother and she was like a, a national treasure. <laughs> Because <laughs> yes. I think it is a national treasure. Oh, well, anyway, tangent. Let's move back. Um, again, like you said, Rach, he's got some really good points. Mm-hmm. He has got some really good points. I mean, at the end of the day, who is paying for the drinks? That's what I want to know. Who is paying the paying for the yeah. drinks? And I think, you know, I think after this whole Jubilee Caribbean tour fiasco, the people that are running the offices at Buckingham Palace, etc. I think they really need to look at future tours and where the royals are being sent because I don't I don't really think this was in hindsight now the best route to go down mm. because they've faced so much backlash from this haven't they Yeah and you know what I think I would be really annoyed if my head of state lived in a different country and had all these um you know celebrations happening there and then all of a sudden they just brought over the fourth child to have a little you know plant a tree truly by the way <laughs> they did plant a tree um but yeah. to, yeah to plant a tree and um to have to have drinks with the governors i see his point i really really mm. do but then also it's like you're damned if you do you're damned if you don't yeah definitely yeah because when they visited st vincent and the grenadines they actually faced protesters who were holding up placards and signs it said things like compensation now britain your debt is outstanding and enter colonialism i understand the links with the royal family and colonialism i'm not i'm not disputing that whatsoever but these current royals have nothing to do with it i get it that they are living off the back of that time because obviously a lot of the wealth from that time was historic wealth isn't it yeah exactly there was more protests in Antigua and Barbuda and the um, representation support commission shared an open letter and it said it has become common for members of the royal family and representatives of the government of Britain to come to this region and lament that slavery was an appalling atrocity that it was abhorrent that it should not have happened We have heard such from your former Prime Minister, David Cameron, and most recently from your brother, the Prince of Wales, and your nephew, Prince William. But such sentiments did not convey new knowledge to us. So basically, the letter called for the UK and other countries in Europe, because what they're basically saying is they want money, they want payback. And I think when Sophie and Edward get back on that plane, they'll breathe a sigh of relief, to be honest, that it's all over. I think when they have Sunday dinner with the Queen, they're going to be like, why did you get us over there after the debacle of William and Catherine? But the thing is, this is what annoys me about royal tours sometimes. It's not the royals wanting to go. It's the UK government have said, right, as royals, we want you to go here, here and here. They don't, yeah. they don't get a choice, really, do they? No, you literally because, go there, you smile, you look good, and then that's it. Yeah. Because you're a representative of the UK, like you're us as the taxpayer, mm. that's what we're paying for, right? Is, you know, you get all these privileges with the life that you lead, but in return, you need to do something for us. Oh, it's a hard one. I think, like you said, though, I think the, uh, you know, Sophie and Edward, when they've come home, are just going to take a sigh of relief and hopefully that's them done for the next five years for another royal tour. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you never know, do you? You never know. 
Um, but but then next month we do have Charles and Camilla in Canada, don't we? we so do, yeah. let's see what happens on that tour because they're only there for I think it's two or three days. I'm pretty sure it's the 17th to the 19th of May. Yeah. But they have packed a lot into that schedule. I've seen the schedule and it is a lot. Don't forget Royal Community, Charles and Camilla, they're in their 70s. They're in their 70s. And it's a long way for them to travel to only be there for a few days and to pack in the amount of engagements that they're going to be doing in those days. And Rach, don't forget they've just had COVID. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the other week, Camilla was still saying she's still, you know, recovering, isn't she? Yeah. I I have a big problem with how much they work in their 70s plus. Like I have a massive problem with how much the Queen works. I have a massive problem with how much um, Prince Charles and Camilla and even Princess Anne, you know, she's getting on a bit. You know, she's not she's not 30 or 40 now, is she? I think there comes a point where there, there has to be a point where they just retire. And I, I do feel that way, that there should be a retirement to the royal family. I know that's not their duty. I know that's not the oath that they make. But I think we get to retire at a certain age. And I think they should be able to have that. That after a certain time, you've done your service. Now it's we move on. But I guess now... It's the fact that, you know, they have William and Catherine, but now Meghan and Harry are no longer working royals. It's hard because after Charles and Camilla, who have you got? The ones that bring in, shall we say, the star power are William and Catherine. You've got Beatrice, Eugenie, they're not working royals. You've got Zara, Peter, they're not working royals. So you take away Charles, Camilla and Sophie and Edward, you've only got William and Catherine. Their kids Mm -hmm. are too young to participate in royal tours. I mean, obviously, they sometimes go on royal tours with their parents, but... That's who that's who you're left with, you know. Going back to Sam Flood's uh, point, actually, Rach, I think if there is a royal tour, especially in areas that possibly turn towards a republic very soon, then it needs to be either the Queen, Charles or Prince William. It has to be those three because actually they're right. You know, they're basically the B team. I hate to say that because I I, I do respect Sophie and um, Edward and all the work that they do, but... Outside of the UK, they are, he's the fourth son. You know, it just, it just seems like it was just a wrong move from, for me. And we also saw Princess Anne, didn't we? In, was, she went to Australia, didn't she? In Papua New Guinea? Yeah. And that was last week. That, that seemed to be okay, didn't it? That tour went all right. That went all right, but it wouldn't, it didn't garner the press that William and Catherine would have got if it was them going on that tour. Exactly. I don't know. Maybe, maybe Prince, uh, you know, William and Catherine need to be the show ponies. In, in in the rest of the world right now and let Charles and Camilla do the UK and the Queen stay at Windsor. And maybe that's how they, they do it um, for the moment. I know that's that's an idealistic way of thinking about it, but the the actual um brand royal in in those other um you know 14 heads of state countries they're on they're on a knife edge really and they need to um they need to put a, the, the best foot forward and if they're not there how can they defend themselves as worthy heads of state of those countries right okay that's what we think how about you there was a lot to go through <laughs> on today's episode <laughs> so much has been happening what are you looking forward to seeing at the jubilee are you going to the jubilee are you going to be watching it all on tv are you going to be watching us over on instagram at keeping up the windsor's pod you can also follow us on YouTube. Just search Keeping Up the Windsors or the link is always in our bio or in the show notes of the podcast. 
Yeah, and also we will be vlogging the whole Platinum Jubilee celebrations. So you have to come over to YouTube too. By the way, Royal Community, Rachel was just doing a little dance. You couldn't see it just then, <laughs> but she was dancing off camera. <laughs> um, if you would love to email us and let us know your thoughts, you can keep in up with the Windsor's pod at gmail.com and also come over and support us on Kofi and keep the podcast on the air. Kofi, K-O-F-I, four pounds or six bucks. We honestly again like I say massive thank you to everyone who supported us so far and uh, yeah we are just loving doing the podcast loving talking to you and loving being part of the royal community so thank you so much if you are listening on Spotify please make sure that you follow us subscribe and leave us a five star rate and if you're following on Apple Podcasts, if you could also leave us a five star review that would be amazing as well thank you so much for being here thank you so much for listening we will see you next week on Keeping Keeping up up with the the Windsors. Windsors.